You're listening to the Gender Reveal Party Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Pryor. This isn't your usual gender reveal party. There will be no baby sex parts. This is the real reveal, where we reveal gender through stories of brave humans willing to share their lived experience. Enjoy the listening. I sure enjoy making it. I'm so excited to have you back at the gender reveal party. And today, you know, I cry all the time. I'm going to probably cry just even introducing you. I'm here with one of my bestest, bestest, bestest friends. Like, I love you so much. I I cherish you in my life, Jose Cuevas. Um, and I'm so grateful that you're here having this conversation with me and that I get to introduce you to my listeners at the gender reveal party. So welcome to the gender reveal party, my friend. Thank you so much. And you know, it's, it's mutual. I mean, we're family. We've been through so much together. Oh my God. We did like a whole week. Here's what's interesting though. I was talking to Elliot. So those of you who have listened to some, I have some listeners, believe it or not, that are like came in at the beginning and are every weekend. And I'm, I'm so excited about it. But so those of you who uh, remember Elliot, who uh, we interviewed and is another good friend of ours, and you went to high school with Elliot, right? Yes. So there's this whole, you know, network of humans that we know. Um, But I was telling Elliot the other day that you and I were not that close until we moved out of Kansas. It's true. It's true. I feel like we, we had made that connection in, you know, when I was at KU near the end uh, you know, when I was there. And so right. it wasn't like we'd made that connection. I feel like it was the summertime before I took off to go to New York. And that summer I was like, oh my God, this is like, I'm finally figuring out what community is on a different mm-hmm. level. Mm-hmm. And then once you had moved to, you know, Atlanta and DC, and then I was in New York, I feel like we really did bond at that, at that moment being ex expats. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it's so funny. I'm sorry. I'm going to do something weird and turn off my heater here, but I'm hot okay. and it's we're in Kansas and it's two degrees outside. So it's, it's the, you know, in Kansas, it's so weird when you're hot, it's freezing outside and then you're hot inside. And it's I know. Just, anyway, it's weird. So anyway, I apologize <laughs> to our listeners for being uh, weird, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so you, so I, I have on my shirt today. I wore this shirt partly because of you. Right. Um, so oh, so Jose is a Kansas native, right. And you grew up mm-hmm. in Topeka and how old were you yep. when you came out of the closet? So I want to say there were a, a couple different times that I came out um, once I, you know, it's hard to put a date on it because in my mind, I feel like, oh, I was so young and I was probably, uh, I want to say I was like 12 or 13. And um, I remember approaching my, my mom and just expressing that like something that I was different. I didn't really know how to put words into it. Um, a lot of it came from bullying previous to that. A lot of times we get called out for what is inside of us people will tell us and it comes through the form of bullying and it's not till later that we actually realize oh maybe they're on to something um not to give them like credit but uh (laughs) so i feel like i was probably going through that and then had the discussion with my mother um and i think it was just kind of tabled at that point because uh you know the message was that like not one of um anything negative but more about like you know you're you're still kind of young and let's let's see where that, you know, where you feel, you know, later on. And then it wasn't until I was like 17 or 18 that I finally fully came out again to my parents because I was getting ready to, uh, you know, have my summer after graduation. And I was getting ready to go to the gay bars and see some drag queens. <laughs> my nice. mom was like, drag queens, huh? 
and then it, you know started the whole conversation so yeah so it's, it's it's like i had those two moments in my in my uh coming out i guess you could say right so you were out to yourself though right and you're in topeka kansas yes and this is 19 a <laughs> <laughs> the 80s the late 80s yeah <laughs> oh my god it's just yeah crazy bad fashion bad everything um yeah it was it was an interesting time you know when I look back on it now it's like I um I remember you know at that time it was the the AIDS crisis was what was you know being yeah. Uh, you know, in the news and, and whatnot. Right. And then, of course, we all had, you know, the infamous Fred Phelps, who right. was, you know, picketing the uh, the parks and stuff. And, um, and it was, it was an interesting time, the, the way that I was able to cope with growing up and living in Topeka was to get involved in the arts. And that's basically what my my mother was great, uh, you know, at the, you know, doing that uh, for me, I guess you could say, was immersing me in my culture, the Mexican culture, the arts, music. My grandmother was a very influential person in my life regarding music. That's what I went to in order to right. sort of process what was happening at that time. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, and but, yeah. so I, I just to, to be clear to our listeners, because this is the gender reveal party, we haven't talked about gender yet. So um, <laughs> you're a cisgender male, right? And you were coming out as a gay, yes. gay man, gay boy at the time. Right. I was coming out as a gay, a gay boy at the time. Right. Um, and, you know, I have talked about this a little bit, but, uh, you know, looking back, uh, there's certain things that I'm starting to remember about growing up. And uh, long story short, I recently went to see a, a one person show uh, for, uh, that a friend of mine did in New York City uh, back in November. And it centered on their experience of growing up queer up to their, their, you know, current, uh, you know, I think they're in their thirties at this point. Anyway, watching that show made me realize stuff that I had gone through and experienced that I had sort of blocked, or maybe that I realized was there, but I just wasn't really fully processing it. And one of those was, you know, one of my first memories of feeling different was uh, dressing up in my mom's clothing, you know, or wearing stuff to school in grade school and getting in trouble, you know, being sent to the principal's office because I was wearing something that was feminine. Mm -hmm. And so my memory is of being punished for being a girl. Right. But I didn't have the words at that time to understand what that meant. Um, And it wasn't until later on that um, I realized that that gender was a big part of it, but also is my sexuality and, and, you know, having ownership over that. Right. So, yeah. And gender has always been something sort of interesting to me because I, you know, when I first met you back in the nineties and, you know, trans issues were being discussed, I had looked at it, even though there was talk of it being a spectrum in my mind, I hadn't fully grasped what that meant. And in my mind, I thought that it was a polarization that if you were trans, you were going to, to go to the complete polar opposite of that. And it wasn't until I fully, you know, fully understand what that spectrum meant that I felt like I might actually have a place in there um and you know it's all all this stuff comes together and you know we right. find the words for it we get to talk to you know family like you know got to talk to you about this and sort of make uh put the puzzle pieces together so to say yeah 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 and that's <laughs> what I, I try to explain and this is and one of the reasons i wanted to have you on this show is because there's such a collapse between um first of all sexism homophobia and transphobia like it's also collapsed right but so when you were getting picked on as a little boy, you're getting picked on because you're acting like a girl. 
Right? Yes. And the worst thing yes. you could possibly act like is a girl if you're a boy. Exactly. Right? Yes. It's almost it's like true. you evil little boy. You're acting like a girl, right? And what the hell is wrong <laughs> with you that you would act like a girl, right? So yes. I think it's so important that people really understand that this is a – It's a, you crossed a gender boundary. People weren't thinking, oh, there's a little boy having sex with other little boys or there's a little boy who's interested in other little boys. They weren't thinking that. People were thinking mm-hmm. there's a little boy who's acting like a girl – smash exactly. it <laughs> exactly it must quash be it. hurt quash it right it must be hurt something's wrong with it right yeah something's wrong yeah uh, you know and it's just and it's terrible when that when that punishment comes from people that you trust you know like a, a school principal or a teacher that you have some sort of trust in you know when you're uh, as queer children we don't really have that many people that will look out for us at least I didn't feel like that at, you know at that age now I feel like there's much more um, visibility and people are much more apt to stick up but you know I don't recall ever having that growing up there may have been a couple people but um, so yeah it was just it was just really interesting to look back on that and to realize wow this this happened and like this shapes who I am today mm-hmm. and undoing that that trauma and that pain because it's like, even though it's, you know, 30 some years later, I mean, I, I know I don't look that old, but you know, it's, uh, <laughs> but it's, it's, uh, it's a constant uh, process, you know, evaluating what happened and how to make it better, not right. just for me, but for other people, you know? Right. So, right. All right. And you, you know, like I said, when we met, you were, I have my KU queer shirt on because uh, Jose <laughs> and I, I was the, one of the, gay queer co-directors of a group back in the day and it was called gay and lesbian services of kansas they recently had a 50th anniversary thing i don't know if you saw that wow no i didn't see that yeah oh yeah yeah it's um, maybe we could put it in the show notes i don't know but there's a there's a okay uh they didn't they recently had a 50th anniversary of the gay liberation group that formed Mm -hmm. at ku and it was like nyu and ku were the only ones that ever existed at the time yeah and then so when, so when I went to KU, uh, and then we're talking about the University of Kansas here in Lawrence, Kansas. So I went there and I uh, quickly and loved leading, became a leader in the, and that's how I started doing activism, right? Yes. And you were out before that. Were you doing activism before you got to KU or was that kind of your kickoff into activism too? Well, for me, the, my activism came through uh, through my heritage as far as like being a you know, Mexican-American. Yeah. And um, you know, at a very young age, my grandmother instilled in us, you know, that uh, this was our heritage. And so through music, that was sort of, I guess, you know, uh, my first foray into activism. But it wasn't until I got to KU that I really understood, you know, that, that I met, you know, everybody at uh, GLSOK, which, you know, we changed the name, which right. I'm sure you'll probably get into that. <laughs> but um, yeah, so, you know, so it was, it was interesting to kind of switch over into that mode. Um, you know, dealing with sexuality as opposed yeah. to like race. Now I can, can I, I understand that everything's intersectional. I didn't right. really have those, that, that, that understanding, that, you know, right. back then. Right. So, and can, yeah. you, can you speak a little bit about that also from uh, being someone who has, I mean, you do have a very strong Mexican heritage and I'm so grateful um, <laughs> the food that comes out of your family <laughs> I, know. No, I, I love oh my god the joy i've had with your family uh, i love your family so much um anyway oh, but so you have this strong uh, mexican heritage and in 
that culture, you know, talk about gender dynamics, right? I mean, we have your, this very binary. <laughs> yes, very, very binary. binary. Yeah, and and you have this huge loving family that embraces you and all of you. Like, can you talk a little bit about that and that, that dynamic um, and, you know, that whole world? Yes, yeah, so, um, you know, both of my grandmothers are very influential in my life. Um, on my father's side, my the, the, is the Mexican side, and um, and that's what I've talked about before. My my grandmother on that side, uh, she just to give a little bit about like the family history, like she was one of the first women to to form an all female mariachi band mm. uh, back in the uh, early eighties, late seventies, early eighties, and uh, so you know, she said, I'm going to go against all of these social norms and create music with women since she, you know, women were sort of, were pushed out of that realm. She took it upon herself to start that. And, um, and so as a little kid, that's, that was what I saw and what I looked up to. I, I had a, an understanding that this was uh, something that was, you know, that there was a woman here that was sort of, uh, uh, going against the, the norms, so to say. Um, I guess to sort of, you know, s- switch gears in thinking about how that relates to uh, the rest of me, like my uh, my upbringing and, and, and whatnot. It's, it's really interesting because I think because my family had to deal with so many issues pertaining to race, I think that when I came out, it wasn't as much as a, of a task to for them to grasp uh, in in you know being different um so i'm not going to say it was easy but it was uh, but it was something that i think a lot of them sort of could understand being outsiders themselves um it's really interesting when i think about the mexican culture and mariachi music in particular which is what i was raised uh, you know with and it's such a polarized and you know binary system. Mm-hmm. You have these like macho men in their tight outfits performing these songs about love, and a lot of it is about um, deals with uh, love and breakup. And I remember at a young age, like we would be singing these songs because it's what we're raised with, you know, to 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 perform and whatnot. And I realized that wow, all these songs. Like it's it's all about the this dramatic dra- you know dramatic interpretation of what a breakup is or what love is and sometimes there's tequila involved and it gets real messy but this is <laughs> this is what it's about and um, you know it, it's something interesting because now that I'm older I will hear these songs and I listen to the lyrics and I think oh my god like this is really like my my grandmother she only knew that you know what she was helping me understand about myself by having me sing these songs right um because the other interesting thing is that with the 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 women's mariachi that my grandmother was a part of they were singing these songs and they wouldn't change the lyrics they would keep it as if they were singing about another woman so in my mind like i I thought wow that's interesting i don't think they understood what that could be interpreted as but like it's these little interesting things that i think back on and, and it's just like you know, it just adds to, to, to what made me. It's it's tiny little things like that, that like when you're, especially when you're queer kid, you just latch onto and soak up, right? Because there's nothing. It's like a desert, right? And so you have a drop (laughs) of something. For me, it was like movies, like the movie Tootsie, right? 
which oh was, yeah there yeah. was nothing supposed to be lesbianic about that right so he's supposed to be a man yeah. you know in a dress a straight man but man just watching jessica lang and dustin hoffman in a dress you know looking at each other for me was like <laughs> I watched that movie like 16 times when I was in high oh, school. Sure. You know? <laughs> yeah. It was like this drop of salvation of like, Ooh, wait, Hey, wait a minute. You know, it's something, something familiar. Yeah. It's really exactly. interesting how we draw that. That's a great yeah, story. Yeah. Mine was that. Superman. Yeah. Superman oh. and wonder woman. See, oh, yeah. I thought I was going to be wonder woman when I grew up and then right. I was going to marry Superman. Nice. None of that happened yet, but <laughs> it's okay. I, guess I don't know. <laughs> Your husband is pretty super. <laughs> I mean, that's I, true. He's that's pretty true. great. He is. He's pretty great. <laughs> that's awesome. He deserves so, his own his own uh, series. Right. So now we need to give some props to your parents here because um, also yes. your parents created the very first P flag in Kansas, right? Ever? Yes, they did. So they, they there was actually another couple, uh, Don and Lorraine. I uh, could be getting their names wrong. Um, and I apologize. So they had started, I think they started the chapter maybe a year before my parents joined. Um, basically when I came out, I was there, you know, the, the, the last time I kind of told my parents, like, listen, I know who I am at this point. Mm -hmm. It's on you to educate yourself. <laughs> and like, here, here's a way to do that. Yeah. I, I mean, I may not have been so brash about it, but you know, my you probably mind, were. I flipped my hair, <laughs> you know, and, and said it that way. So, <laughs> but, you know, and, you know, props to them. They really like went yeah. full force and yeah. educated themselves, immersed themselves in that community with other parents and other, other queer people uh, that they could talk to and just sort of you know, ask questions of, um, because, you know, for me, I was on my way to college at that point. So I was not going to be living under the same house. And so right. we would not have that same, uh, you know, interaction that we had previously. So they really went full force and they, um, yeah, they, in a way, co helped co-found, I guess you could say, uh, the, you know, Lawrence and Topeka P flag. And it was so needed at that point. I mean, so many people came oh, out of the God. woodwork and, you know, it was just like this, everything was happening at that time. There was Simply Equal in Lawrence. There was, uh, you know, Fred Phelps in Topeka. There was, there's just all these different things that were going on that, that it was like the perfect timing for this to happen, for yeah. them to, you know, be involved. And, you know, they went all over the state, uh, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, within the Midwest doing different, uh, you know, speakers bureaus, something yeah. that we're very familiar with. Right. And uh, they also did, would do workshops, you know, with the different universities and the social work programs and whatnot. So, you know, they, I, you know, I think my mom helped set up one of the um, first pride parades in Topeka. And yes. I, I thought that, that was perfect sense to me. Yeah. so cool. I mean, cool. I don't want to say she, she helped found, but there, there's always a team, but I right. just, you know, I remember yeah, she had a heavy team. hand in that. Yeah, yeah. For sure. So that's great. Yeah. Uh, well, here's what's yeah. interesting to me. Cause I don't know where they came from. Maybe they came from Kansas city, Missouri or somewhere. But um, when I was the director of the queer organization one year, I like, what I would like to do is just set up programming for the whole year. So I'd be done with it. You know, mm -hmm. I just schedule everything out. Yep. So I had a whole list of programming and I always scheduled P flag because we had so many kids that were coming there with heartbreak, 
right? Yes. Like these kids were brokenhearted because they had mm-hmm. been disowned by their parents, kicked out of their homes, or at least had this foul relationship with their parents or their parents were talking to them, or they couldn't be out with their parents because they knew they would either be physically abused or kicked mm-hmm. out or something, right? And so all yes. these kids, these, you know, because I was a non-trad when I was at KU, I was like 27 when I graduated. Mm-hmm. So I was 24 when I started, I think. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, these are 18, 19, 20 year old kids. And I would bring, we'd bring PFLAG in and these kids would just soak up the hugs and soak up these parents who are being there yes. supportive. So for our listeners, if you're not clear, PFLAG is parents and friends of lesbians and gays, which it still goes by that name um, just because it's known by that, but it's, it's mm-hmm. also parents of trans kids and non-binary humans. And, you know, it's just a supportive group for, you know, parents and, yes. and family members of queer people. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> and especially back in the day when you and I were coming out, like we were young to come. I was young to come out in 1985, yeah. right? Um, mm-hmm. And so our families had nobody to talk to about that. I mean, there wasn't any. Yeah. So it was there wasn't even that those parents yeah. that do come out and step up and they come to our parades. I mean, I'm just mm-hmm. always just so grateful to see the the P flag. You see the parents show up, and it's and the parents have made a huge difference in the trans community because now we're having parents of trans kids stepping out and being like, yes. "Oh hell no!" Right? So this is yeah. my child, yes. exactly. Yes, I mean yeah. it's it's so powerful just to like you know, there's a certain um, uh, a sense of uh, peace that you find you know hearing parents talk yep. about their children in this positive manner, yep. and it's so healing. You know, because when you're bombarded on a daily basis by society that like, you know, that you're wrong or you're ugly or you don't fit in or whatever, but to have these parents, it's like every time I hear a parent speaking on the hill or wherever, it's like I immediately turn into that 12 year old kid and it's like, it's just so cathartic. Is that even the right use of the word? Anyway, hopefully you get what I'm saying. But I think so. Yeah. I mean, well, in the sense that you have the, you have an experience that of, like knowing that you're heard or known, right? Yes. That's the thing. I mean, I remember I, I mentioned this um, at some point looking across because we had uh, Representative uh, Stephanie Byers on, right? Oh, yes. And, right. So she's the first mm-hmm. um, a Native American, her words, I use the word indigenous people, but Native American woman, uh, trans woman too, elected to office, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, I remember looking across C SPAN when it was Clinton's doing that don't ask, don't tell. And they span the camera and I'm like, all those people are old and white, like all of them. Yeah. All of yep. them. <laughs> None of them know anything about me and my little queer life when I'm 24 years old and, you know, being a little butch dyke mm-hmm. out in the world. <laughs> like, what? You're going to decide whether I can serve my country or not. Like, it was just yeah. so weird to me. So I'm so grateful we have representation now. We have these people, you know, there's just so much that mm-hmm. we've moved so much. And it's a lot about like parents and people stepping up. So I'm really grateful. It is. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's the basis of like forming a good foundation, you know, right. for a person is to have support, you know, yeah. and it's, yeah, yeah, people like you, you right? Know? Yeah, people like you. So, <laughs> so when we met, um, right, we met here and, you know, we can, well, I was with the girlfriend who shall not be named and we don't need to move on. <laughs> that time, we really <laughs> We don't need to oh, go that there. one time. That one time, was just, <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, anyway, uh, so <laughs> so, and then we moved away. So I moved away to Washington D.C. and you moved away to New York City. Yes, and I can't and remember how yeah. you contacted me. Like somehow you got a hold of me. I think 
I th- I'm pretty sure I did. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I it was maybe an email or something. Because email Probably. was just barely starting. It was 1999. Who where some of us had email, <laughs> like, but we I had or we had email. We didn't have well. We had some kind. We had beep. We had something. Anyway, so you got a hold of me via email, and at the time, I don't know if I had was did I been up to you before or did the first time I come, Jessica was with me. Uh, you had been up before. Okay, I thought uh, so. So I, think I maybe came one up time before, but the yeah. first time I came up, so that's what I thought because I came up by myself first. And I will tell you people, like we had been friends before, but this was like, it was otherworldly for me. It was like I had gone home, you know, and I was in <laughs> New York true. City. I was in New York City <laughs> and it was about how this human that I'm with is so, his being is so gorgeous. And he's like the most hospitable person you're ever, like I just felt <laughs> taken care of. Like I went up there for a three-day weekend and I was there for a couple of days and I left so refreshed and so taken care of. And that for me was like, I mean, we just, from that moment on, we've been family. Right. And so we then, been family. then the next true. time I came up, I brought Jessica and yes. you got to meet Jessica. And then, you know, Jessica and every chance we could get, we'd go from DC up to New York city. And most of the time folks, we didn't do anything. This is embarrassing. How many times I've been in New York City? Like, I mean, multiple Uh, times I've been. I mean, I can't even count that. There's like beyond counting, right? You get to a point where, like, oh, I've been in New York. Yep. No, no, no. I've been in New York so many times, and I've never been to the Statue of Liberty. (laughs) I somehow just got stuck at home. I've never been to Ellis Island. (laughs) Like we were doing stuff like the, the gay bar in Brooklyn. Oh my God. That uh-huh. had the Saturday night live dance floor. Oh, oh my God. I forgot about that. Many Christmas. Oh my God. That was the most wow. fun. Oh, we had so much fun. Right. So we're out <laughs> in the clubs. We're in the gay bars in Brooklyn <laughs> having a blast. Oh, we had so much fun. It was just delightful. Oh my God. So then Jose is uh, in my, uh, you know, I had my chest surgery and the doctor mm-hmm. that I found was in New York city. So I stayed with you and I stayed with our friend Danny there. I mean, just all these mm-hmm. things, right? Where our whole relationship has been built on, on uh, just this loving, loving relationship. And one of the reasons that I it's wanted to have you <laughs> deeper and deeper. And one of the things I reason I wanted people wanted to introduce you to the world is you're one of the most beautiful humans I've ever met, like inside and out. And you're so pretty, right? You're so pretty. (laughs) And I know that you have this experience where people often treat you like a woman for lack of a better word, right? I hate that phrase. (laughs) And so, and I always try to be careful with my words, but there's this experience you have of being a gay man who's effeminate and Mm -hmm. sometimes likes to put on a frock, right? Yeah. But the world also, well, if they see you from behind, they treat you like a lady right there. I mean, you get yes. taken for a woman quite often. And I, I love mm-hmm. that you have that experience. And I wanted to share that a little bit with our audience. Like, you know, that whole world of, yes, you are somebody who's pretty fluid when people see you, you're, you're a beautiful mm-hmm. human. And so um, all that world. Yeah, I, you know, it's so funny because I, it, it happens on a daily basis. Um, maybe not so much during COVID because I'm not as out and about, but um, right. but it's so funny because for me, it's always like going to the grocery store and there's a guy that will hold the door open for me and then I get closer and then you just see the look on their face and it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> and, or- I love know, that. <laughs> being, you know, and, it, and it's, and then, but of course it's like, then I just, 
I love it because it's like, oh, you're going to go there with it. Okay, well, then this, this is what's going to happen. But and then it's also, you know, like going to a restaurant or like at the airport, um, you know, and I'm always uh, it's always very confusing for people because they don't know how to address me. But they always start off with, you know, miss. Mm-hmm. First of all, it's ma'am, not miss, but like, you know, thank you. <laughs> come on. Hello. I've worked hard. Um, but it's it's just it's it's really interesting because I, I know that you have talked about your experience of, you know, passing as a as a man in certain situations and what that has been like and what you've seen you've been allowed to do or whatever. And it's it's interesting to see the flip side of that, to see how people would treat me that it's this putting me on a pedestal but then when they get closer they realize that oh i'm a freak or whatever you know and i'm not saying right. they're calling me a freak but like whatever is going through their mind right um and it just you know every time that happens it sort of reinforces that um what i am and that i i happen to think that i'm very beautiful and that i'm a full expression of like who i am and so you know i I think, thank you. And I, you know, I, and I don't, you know me, I don't like to say things like this about myself, but it's sort of like, I, but it's, it's, it's the, the pep talk that you have to give yourself sometimes to realize that like, actually, you know what, I've got a lot to offer. And it's like society can't really tell me that I'm otherwise. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just, it's, it's so funny, but it's, you know, it, I used to have it so centered around my hair that it, yeah. that's, that was the, that was the, the, the point for people. But it was still happening to me when I would shave my head bald. So it's like, okay, I'm either like, you think I'm a big dyke or you think that I'm like a femme woman. Right. I'm all good with it. Right, right, <laughs> right, right, right. And we yeah. used to tease about, you know, like I've always thought of you kind of on the trans spectrum in there, or like fluid. Yeah. And we tease about your name being Josefina and things like that. And yes. I mean, that's who you yeah. are for me in that world of being fluid and lovely. Um, and it's just interesting how the other humans are so wired up and how like gender is such a thing, right? It's just. Oh, thing. yeah. I mean obviously like you know the gender reveal party like it starts <laughs> it starts you know before birth you right. know uh, it's just what what is pushed on us in th- this construct mm-hmm. and uh you know it's it's I'm, I'm just so thankful that like i have you in my life oh. that you have educated me so much on what all of this means and you've been able to like give me words to express that you know, because it's sometimes it's the hardest thing is to like, you know, you have all these ideas about what you are and like, but to put it into, you know, to, but to have somebody like you in our life, I can say that as the listeners, well, to have you in our life, it's like, you know, you're doing some amazing work, oh, having us, getting us to, to a good place. Oh, thanks. That's very sweet. I like that. It's so, true. Um, you know, uh, my kids love having your, uh, Ren just learned the word gunkle <laughs> last time you guys came into town and is now like the gunkles are coming <laughs> which I love and your husband married us you know remember our 10th wedding anniversary yes. um, who is now yeah. your husband Zaheer mm-hmm. who I'm in total in love with um, and it took you know it's interesting for me because I know you so well that man it's like you never really had a guy that you ever, you never introduced us to anybody. And I was always like, man, I know. I mean, if you were just dating somebody, <laughs> it was like, nope, I didn't know about it. Like I knew of nothing. <laughs> so when you're telling us you want to meet this guy, I'm like, oh, 
<laughs> this is serious like, business. Something serious. Yeah, this is very serious <laughs> business. And interestingly enough, right? So he is in the fashion world, which is very also binary, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, and he designs so. for women, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And so it's interesting too that you live in that world of the of how gender is displayed. Yeah. And yes. Um, and you know, obviously he has great fashion sense. So that's also nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big plus. <laughs> it's a big plus. <laughs> yeah, it's it's always a discussion that we have about um, you know, I don't want to speak for him, but you know, there's the discussion that always comes up is that how how is he designing clothes for a, a woman and the other part of it too is that it's it's a juxtaposition of the sizing because he mm-hmm. designs mostly for plus size and he himself is very skinny and yeah. you know gets it's teased a, petite, a lot for that petite man yes yes he always gets the have you lost weight and he has to explain no i've not lost weight so it's, you know that's it's the opposite of the fat shaming that, that he gets mm-hmm. but uh but it's it's interesting to to see that um he's been able to take you know what his own experience and sort of push that into fashion and how to make it better and accessible to to all people you know yeah i love uh, it. depending on on what size you are right so exactly it's a, exactly it's needed and i'm glad, i'm just happy to see that it's it's much more prevalent now there's there's many more companies addressing this because it's it's needed i mean right yeah maybe the next step will be uh more um I guess, uh, non-binary clothing, which is what he helps for me personally. He helps right. that. He's as my personal stylist, he's helped, yeah. you know, approach yeah. that. <laughs> right. And he's very good it's at not, it. It's, it's really hard. <laughs> right. Finding non-binary clothing is really hard. That's for sure. It is, you know, it's, yeah. it's a, it's a, I hate shopping for that very reason, because it's right. like you walk into a store and it's like, this is, this is right. not me, you right. know? So but it's, uh, I'm glad to see that that's changing as well. Yeah, I think um, so too. Um, and there's there's a lot more, I think there's a lot more fluidity, especially when our kids were babies, which they're 12 now, mm-hmm. our kids are babies. We could walk, couldn't walk in a store and find anything that wasn't pink or blue. You know, it was everything yeah, yeah. was all bleh, 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 mm-hmm. It's, it's either glitz or it's uh, Tonka trucks. Right, yeah, yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly. So oh. I, think they're, I think that's changing too, which is nice. That's yeah awesome. yeah so you live in new york city yeah. you're in your new york city place but you live upstate new york and you just built a house recently that i haven't got yes to go to. <laughs> right. you'll be going to it soon <laughs> i know uh, i'm yeah, excited so i really we, want to um, go <laughs> we're very lucky yeah we we uh we set up this house upstate and um you know it was sort of a uh, we went to it as a retreat uh um you know at the beginning of the pandemic and it got us to realizing that like this is a place that uh we could potentially set up as an experience for other people and I don't mean to say like it's just like a you know like an Airbnb rental because I mean that's obviously what it is too but you know we envision it being a place that people can go to as a retreat and I'd like to make it something bigger at some point Mm -hmm. as far as like uh, a place where groups can go and so that's you know what we're working on at this point nice. uh but it's it's beautiful and it's a little place called crags new york which was a an artist colony nice. um at the the turn of the century uh you may see a lot of paintings that are in the form of the hudson uh valley um mm-hmm. genre and yeah. a lot of the paintings took place there but it's it's a great place and uh it's very queer friendly which is another reason why we like it there but uh you know 
at some point you will be experiencing it. And I'm uh, looking forward to hopefully, it. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> so here's something interesting because yeah. we have a new sponsor I want to tell everybody about and I want to tell you about it. Have, yes. Are you familiar with Fire and Bliss Creative at fireandbliss.com? I would love for you to... I would love for you to tell me more. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, there are new sponsors, and I'm super excited about this because mm-hmm. Fire and Bliss, um, first of all, is the only one that I know of that focuses on the LGBTQ, 2S LGBTQIA plus and uh, Black and Indigenous people of color. Like all of their art yes. are all of those people. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. That's the first cool thing. And then that's secondly, they're all independent artists who maintain full control over their art and their profit, which I don't know much about art, but I don't, I think it's hard to figure out like, are the artists really getting the money <laughs> or the, you know, a lot like of times who, they're not right. Who's getting this. Right. So this is really cool. Um, and if people go to fireandbliss.com uh, backslash reveal, I have a collection that I've of stuff that I picked out. They only let me pick out 10. I could have been there all day. Like, I mean, there's so much cool stuff. And I just bought for my office, I just bought um, it's called the Sea Turtle Rainbow. And it's stippling uh-huh. art, you know, that little dot kind of art. I think oh, yes. Uh-huh. My my roommate in college, in fact, my co-director at the GLS OK used to do stippling art and he was amazing at it. Like, and wow. this is that, you know, like dots and it's rainbow. And it's super cool. So I just bought mm-hmm. that for my office. So if our listeners, listeners, if you go to fireandbliss.com backslash reveal, you'll see the turtle I just bought and you'll also see the collection I picked out. But go look at this stuff. And I mean, it's amazing. And it's so great to know that we can buy art from queer people and from black and indigenous people of color and know that it's going to go to them. And that's, you know, like these people are are getting their art out there. So I'm super excited about it. you that's, guys. Well, here's the so thing. necessary. I was talking to Jennifer the other day from Fire and Bliss and we were talking about this mm-hmm. because it doesn't occur to me to buy art. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things that if we're going to put myself, my characteristics in buckets, like I hate doing that, but like, that's the dude thing about me. Right. Yeah. She was saying they've even done studies and that men aren't the art buyers a lot. Right. Women buy art mm-hmm. more. Right. And I'm assuming, and gay men buy art. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so there's that whole <laughs> collapsing of gay men and women things that people think is a thing. It's not a thing for everybody, mm-hmm. people. It's only a thing for some, some gay men, but um, you guys obviously <laughs> buy art. So you can go to fireandbliss.com and check it out. I can't wait. Yeah. Especially to see your collection, you know, or I mean, you know, what you'd selected. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because it, you know, I don't, I don't often, I, I didn't know who the artists were as I was looking through stuff and I'd pick something and I ended up this um, Maxine Nodal is apparently I'm a huge fan of hers because <laughs> every time okay. I pick something, I'd be like, Oh, it's her again. And then there was two of them that I picked by um, Kat and I don't want to, I'm going to butcher her name, but like Terzin maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Barbara Bell is the one who did the, rainbow sea turtle that i got but it was interesting oh, cool. to filter through all these pictures and be like "Ooh, i really like that one and then it'd come up again and it was another maxine nodal i was like i clearly like this artist because i keep picking stuff of hers so it's kind of exactly fun yeah it's really fun and now you, yeah you're starting to see what you, what you like you know yeah it's not such a daunting task. well that's what i was I thinking mean, it's like you know i had this conversation with jennifer it's like it doesn't mean that i couldn't buy art it just doesn't occur to me <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think about it, but that doesn't mean I can't. But it's really how interesting with uh, gender can be that way, or we could make up a story mm-hmm. that it's that way, where it's like we think of these things because we are gendered that way. 
but it's yeah, yeah, uh, you know, it's silly. That doesn't have anything. Th- that you wouldn't have the ability to do it, and it's right. like, of course, you have the ability to do <laughs> it. You know, I have a penis. Yeah. I can't buy anything. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't cook. You know. Yeah. Uh. So, um, anything else we should share? Anything else you want to share about gender, about your life, about anything? Gosh, um, Jose sang know. at my wedding. Jose is a singer, and uh, Jose sang at my yes. wedding, and it was beautiful. So and then, like I in, said. Uh, 10 years so we were married and then our 10th wedding anniversary we went and got legally married right in new york yeah. city and zahir jose's uh husband performed our ceremony for us so that was really cool yes. yeah well the one thing i would plug is that uh so i still sing and uh, i'm in part of stonewall corral which was the nation's first um awesome they we're still tweaking it, but it's the nation's first gay and lesbian choir. Uh, but we're actually, we had big conversations last summer about actually expanding on that because it's not just gay and lesbian people that are right. involved in the choir or who formed it. Like right. <laughs> it's much, much bigger than that. Right. So, um, but it's one of the first, it was the first choir that sort of came out of Stonewall nice. and uh, we had to put uh, everything sort of went on hiatus during the pandemic and we switched to zoom, which nice. was kind of a nightmare for choirs, but we did it. It. we put a couple of virtual pieces up anyway we hit the ground running uh back in september of this last year started in-person rehearsals with masks and we had our very first concert after two years in mm. december and it was all great um unfortunately things went back into lockdown but right. uh we are going to start rehearsals again in person uh with masks and we hope to have a concert in march so if you're nice. in new york city I think it's like March 26th. I'll have to get the exact date out, but come hear us perform in New York City at Holy Apostles. But that's just a little plug. Could we yeah. ever, do you ever Zoom those? Like, do you ever like put those out and stream them or anything like that? Could we see? Yeah, so there's, New York City? There, you know, we have a YouTube uh, channel uh, that's currently being revamped, but it's Stonewall Corral okay. um, on YouTube. And, you know, occasionally we'll put new videos up there like i think there's two that just went up uh from our recent concert in december uh you know that sometimes it's just like somebody in the audience filming something and it might not be the most professional but it's just a little a peek into what we do yeah um sure. and i'm really yeah i'm really excited because the next concert that we're doing is centered around um spirituals which nice. normally i would be like wow are we cult- culturally appropriating music or is it celebrating mm-hmm. but in this case, it's just this, it's a wonderful celebration of this style of music. And, uh, you know, we'll go deep into it, um, you know, during the concert and explain to the audience, like what they're hearing and whatnot, because I think it's important to educate the audience on what this music is. They need to know what the lyrics are all about, what was happening at the time that it was written. And so, yeah, so it's a, I'm just so happy to be singing again, because as you know, music is very important to me. And so to have that back in my life, I'm in a much better place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's important. I mean, I really find it to be spiritually for me, something that I need to have in my life. You know, like it's, yes, it makes a difference. It makes it, It's like That's exercise true. and meditation and all the other things that <laughs> music is something for me. I really need to be having in my life on a regular basis. So I love That's that. True. I am so delighted yeah. you came on our podcast. I want to um, also remind our listeners and you, because it's and something new. I, keep, I forget to tell people these things, um, but we have a Patreon account now. Um, which is kind of exciting. So people can go. And if you just love me and you love this conversation um, and you think this is important, you can just like donate seven bucks a month for it to it. And then like there's other levels 
that like I'm going to be doing some stories. I'm going to be doing some con- other further content and different things like that. And then we're going to do like a quarterly Zoom call um, with me mm-hmm. and uh, some of our guests. Jose, if you want to come on the call, we could do something like that. Yeah, so, yeah for sure. Yeah. So uh, anyway, just have these more, more and more powerful conversations about gender and um, about the ridiculousness of the construct of gender. Right. So, yes, I, I just love this idea of uh, the young people and how, you know, Ren is one of them where they're just done with it. They're just like, that's, mm-hmm. I'm just, that, psh, I don't, that's silly. I don't need it. I don't need yep. that. And uh, that, that's delightful. And I feel like, um, you know, this podcast, my goal, my hope is to help some of, some of these old, some of the older elder people like us <laughs> <laughs> kind of catch up. <laughs> Kind of catch it's up true. to these young people. Um, so that's my hope, you know, because they uh, give me so much hope. Oh, I mean, so you know, hope. It's like if they only knew, if they right. only knew, oh, you if know, they only knew. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> there they are. They're just a rainbow of hope. So it's beautiful. It's true. So I love you very much. Thank you, my friend. I love you too. For the gender reveal party. And um, thank you for being my guest. And most importantly, thank you for being my friend. I adore you. Thank you. I love you. I love you. Hey, thanks for listening to the Gender Reveal Party podcast. I hope you loved it. And if you did, would you take a second and go do all the things like subscribe, rate, review, tell all your friends. Apparently, if you do that, the podcast platforms are more likely to share it. And if you think these stories are important, please take three minutes to just go do that. I'd really appreciate it. Also, I'd love to connect with you on social. On Instagram and Facebook, I'm at The Gender Reveal Party. And on Twitter, I'm at Prior J. It's a real joy and privilege to bring you this podcast. Come back soon. Love you, bye.